and whoever you plan to vote for, you'll probably be watching. My colleague Jill Lepore is a professor of history at Harvard, as well as a staff writer at The New Yorker, and she's been writing a lot about the election, trying to bring that historian's eye to the campaign, maybe the strangest campaign of our lives. The way Jill sees it, there's even more at stake in this debate than you might think. I am sure a lot of people are very surprised to learn that you supported raising the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour. No, wait that's a minute, wait a minute. Wait, that's just wait, not come accurate. Come on, I have stood well, on the debate well, stage with I, Senator Sanders eight prior well, times. Excuse me. I have well, said the exact same Secretary, Senator, thing. please. When you think about it, political debate has been having a terrible century. Let's do it. If you're both screaming at each other, the viewers won't be able to hear either of you. Okay. So was, please don't I talk over I each other. Go ahead. Responding. Certainly since the turn of the century, there's been gridlock in American politics. Congress and the presidency together can't get much done. Lately, the Senate hasn't been able to hold hearings about a new Supreme Court justice nominee. The House can't talk about guns. There are all kinds of issues that are just off the table. But there's also a problem with American political conversation. People have a hard time talking to one another about politics, not just politician to politician, but more worryingly, neighbor to neighbor, colleague to colleague, cousin to cousin. Arguing is something that people learn by watching other people do it. And more and more Americans learn how to argue about politics by watching people argue online. And you can see that. You can hear it if you listen to debates as they've been recorded across the last century. And I think that makes it feel like in the run-up to the Clinton-Trump debates, There's more at stake, I think, than just the election itself. There was a real concern during the primary debates, both the Democratic but especially the Republican primary debates, which had many more candidates and so had a more circus-like atmosphere, that there there had been a kind of deterioration of public discourse. Look at those hands. Are they small hands? And he referred to my hands. If they're small, something else must be small. I guarantee you there's no problem. I guarantee you. Okay. Moving on. The kinds of things that were said in some of those primary debates had just never been said before by presidential candidates on record in any case. So there's a measurable coarsening of the discourse, and that's one thing. But there's also just kind of a general lack of intellectual and political exchange among the candidates. That's a different factor. I know what's happening in the economy. You don't know it. Well, then answer the economy. They didn't actually really exchange views. They really didn't challenge one another's political commitments or economic plans. A lot of people I talked to, and this, this this became a kind of commonplace. You'd sort of hear it at the corner grocery store. Oh, my God, did you watch last night? I had to send the kids to bed. It was <laughs> so too appalling. Don't worry about it, little Marco, I will. Right, well, let's hear a big, big dog. It, it sounds like you're in a coliseum before a very bloodthirsty crowd. Mr. Trump, may I ask you, Mr. Trump, in the I'd like to ask States you a policy question. Your proposed tax cut. That's why the people in Florida do not like them. Candidates for office in the United States have been debating on debate stages since the founding of the United States. Debate is central to political campaigns and has been from the beginning. Face-to-face debates in a stage where people can see you create one kind of debate culture. 
But there was a really big turn in American politics with the dawn of the radio in the 19-teens and 20s when political debates were staged to be broadcast. And Senate races, congressional seats, town hall issues were vetted on the radio, people who staged formal debates. It was a really interesting moment in the history of the relationship between technology and politics because the radio creates a kind of community and it's a different sort of community than the town square, the public common. It's a virtual public common in the same way online is now, but it's a much more controlled media space than the internet is. And this put pressure on presidential aspirants and incumbents to agree to debate on the radio. But FDR set the precedent of refusing to do that. FDR was a great user of the radio. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States. I mean, he's known for his fireside chats. My friend, I want to talk for a few minutes. He, he projected States himself into the kitchens and parlors and living rooms and barns and firesides of America.